Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome back to Your Career Podcast. If you ever feel stuck in your career or you need a little clarity in order to manage your career moving forward or you're looking for a new job, visit janejacksoncoach.com. I've plenty of free downloads for you and a lot of career management support that will help to set you well on your way. And my free masterclass, The Three Secrets to Personal Branding for Career Success. And you can get it at janejacksoncoach.com forward slash the number three secrets. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Hello, and today is a very special episode because it is Christmas Eve 2018, and to celebrate such a wonderful time of year, I'm interviewing Mattia Squires. Now, she is the founder of The Paradigm Effect and a well-known LinkedIn personality. She has a strong belief in the power of owning your story and having an authentic personal brand, and she's worked with companies such as Cisco and Coca-Cola. Now, she loves supporting other startups and small medium businesses through her LinkedIn interview series and is always working on creative new projects. Now she runs monthly collaborative workshops on various topics from emotional intelligence to branding and she started her career very early on at the age of 19. As a single mum she decided it was time to take control of her life and her career and she started her adventures in Japan where she was a Japanese teacher and she speaks Japanese beautifully which also led her back to Sydney and going into accounts and then sponsorship coordination and then transitioning into entrepreneurship. Now let's hear Mattia's story. And now let's welcome Mattia to the show. Hello Mattia. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll be looking forward to having a chat with you and finding out all about your career transitions. As you know, your career podcast is about career transitions and I've interviewed such fascinating professionals and today we're going to find out about you because you've had such interesting career changes and quite quite big changes as well over your career. So how about to kick us off, tell us a little bit about what your career aspirations were, Mattia, when you were a little girl. Uh, I was always going to be a businesswoman. (laughs) I uh, always wanted to um, travel. I'd always wanted to travel. I, when I was in high school, I, um, I wanted to be an environmental lawyer because I was passionate about the environment and then I studied some law subjects and fell asleep halfway through so (laughs) (laughs) realized that law probably wasn't for me Um, 
And yeah, I uh, guess I had a bit of a, a break in between schooling. So I did end up going to university, but um, I had a break to have my son. So I had a bit more time to consider than what I wanted to be in the future. So, <laughs> so you were a very young mum then. Uh, yes, um, I was 16 when I found that I was pregnant with my son, who is now eight. So. Oh, how beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, he must be just a lovely little boy and so lucky to have a young mum. Yeah, I, well, he's my mini CEO. So he actually comes along to quite a few events with me. Like sometimes it's just so difficult to get a babysitter. And I'm like, you know what? You can just, you're my employee for today. You can be my CEO and you can come along. And um, the most recent event I took him to was the um, Women of Influence at uh, Cisco's North Sydney offices. And he was so popular. Ate his weight in cupcakes. He had a field day. So it, it's been interesting sort of navigating the whole parenting, mm-hmm. the working, uh, you know, balance, but not really balance, but I guess integration, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it is a challenge because there are so many working mums who, who actually do struggle to be able to, you know, manage both and be a good mum. And then sometimes there's that mummy guilt uh, when oh. you're very busy. And how do you handle that? Um, Well, for me, it it was realising that work-life balance isn't really something that's achievable. It's more like being able to integrate your work into your life in a way that you can be happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so for me, it was being confident enough to bring my son along to things and to realise that as much as um, sometimes people tell you, oh, it's not professional to involve your kids, I've actually found that the more that I've involved my son in my work and um, spent more time talking to him about my work the happier I am the happier he is and my clients love me for it too because it makes me more relatable a lot of my clients have children and they realize that it is very difficult to I guess work around life and family without and, and work for that matter without that you know parental guilt so um, it's it is difficult but I just work through each day and I make the best choices I can at the time mm-hmm. Well, I think you're doing a very good job, Matthew. So well done. Thank you. But also, so in your early days, so so you became a mum very early. And then when was it then that you decided, okay, I need to do something here and take control of my career and move forward? Because you've had a really interesting career journey. Let's hear about how that started. So I was 19 years old and um, I became quite sick and I had to sort of reevaluate my life. Um, my son was not quite true. And um, I was at this stage where I was like, my life is either going to maintain this course or I'm going to end up as another statistic, as uneducated, unemployed, and I just going with the flow type thing. Because I was a young teenager, I dropped out of school early. But at 19, I thought to myself, what can I do that is going to give me the opportunity I need to break out of this this cycle that I was in. Um, And I thought, I need to get myself an education. So I moved from my small country town to a North Queensland in Australia, um, and I enrolled in a tertiary access course to uh, get the required credits to to enroll in a double bachelor's. Um, And when I did my bachelor's, uh, when it came to choosing what I wanted to study, I thought back to when I was a a little girl and I thought, I'm going to be a powerful businesswoman one day. And so I decided to study uh, a business degree. And then I'd always been fascinated by languages. I loved being able to cross communication barriers. And when I was in high school, I used to teach myself bits of different languages just for fun. It was like a hobby. And so for the fun part of my degree, because I did an arts and business, I did a Japanese major and I fell in love with the language um, and 
So then I had this new idea in my head. I'm going to be an international businesswoman. I'm going to live and work in Japan. And that was sort of what I went with. <laughs> um, and then I got a scholarship to go and live and study in Japan. And um, so I went over there and I, I took my son over there with me as well. And um, uh, my husband at the time, and he came over for a bit of it. And I got to really immerse myself in the culture, not just like the, the culture itself, but the work culture as well. And I kind of realized I love the language and I love the people, but I don't think I can work here. <laughs> so I, uh, I came back um, to my university, and I, but I did take up a role of teaching. So I started teaching Japanese. So that way I was still able to work with the language and enjoy the language. Um, and but there was still that little like, voice in the back of my head that was kind of like, oh, but don't you want to do something in regards to business? Don't you want to connect business and the people within business somehow? So that opportunity came when my husband was um, posted to Sydney. And so I've been in Sydney. It'll be two years this December. And when we moved, I thought, I really want to get into corporate. I really want to go in and, and see what real business is like. I'd, I'd been in startup competitions. I'd, I'd helped out with small businesses and stuff over the years but I'd never really been in a big corporate to see what it was really like. So when I moved to Sydney, I tried out the corporate thing and I got a job, a financial job, um, and I had the corporate title and the corporate office. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. And then a little bit down the track, I'd say about three or four months, I was just getting so bored. <laughs> like I just was getting frustrated and, I felt a bit suffocated. I kept wanting to solve problems all the time. And I, I just kept going out of the scope of what my job role was. And when you're in a corporate environment, it's quite bureaucratic and it's very top down. You've got to follow the rules. You can't rock the boat. You've really got to integrate and, and assimilate for that matter. In, in this particular role anyways, I, I know that some corporates are a bit more data structures now and opening up to people being able to share their opinions and work on projects. But this particular role for me was, very difficult. And I started using LinkedIn. This was the time that I started using LinkedIn to kind of vent a little bit. <laughs> so I was, I was venting about how we, we, we are taught that this corporate role and this and all that is, is the be all and end all, or that we need to know exactly what we're doing from the moment we're teenagers and doing our HSC. And I just saw that life is so just full of ups and downs. It's actually like the uh, the uh, metaphor that it's like a heartbeat <laughs> you know it's, it's always going up and down and we're always changing and pivoting and making new decisions and um, the very first article I wrote was actually titled where are the women empowering women because I had a, an operations manager at the time that was a woman and I tried to relate to her but I couldn't you know and I was frustrated by that I wanted to build a supportive environment around me but unfortunately the environment was kind of not the culture wasn't really supportive of that kind of environment if that makes sense mm. and so I came to an impasse I could either stay comfortably in my security of my, my job with my you know a sustainable income and <laughs> all this sort of thing or I could jump off the deep end into entrepreneurship and I've always been a creative type I, I value freedom I value connection and um I found that if I was really going to be happy and build something that I could own, it would mean that I would have to start from scratch. <laughs> yeah. 
And so I got offered the opportunity by Cisco to go down to Cisco Live in Melbourne this year in March to cover um, the, the biggest, one of the biggest IT events in Australia for LinkedIn. So I built my LinkedIn following up to quite a big following. I was constantly putting out content that, that gave value to my audience and I, and I gained the attention of some, some pretty big companies, which was, for me, that was sort of a life-changing thing. I was like, wow, people are listening to my voice. People are consuming my content. These are opportunities I couldn't have pictured myself previously having. And so I grabbed hold of those opportunities and I quit my job. <laughs> and I think... The morning I woke up, the day after I quit my nine to five job, I immediately woke up at the time that I would go to get ready for work. I got up and I went to go through the paces and went, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to get ready today. And it's an experience, isn't it? It terrified me. I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Um, and then slowly but steadily, I started building confidence. I started meeting amazing people that were so inspiring, that had overcome so many adversities. I started connecting with, with people within the community of, of, in Sydney, in the professional community. And I started to believe, hey, actually, I do have value and I can help people through that. And so it's been this life-changing sort of journey. And, I, and although I'm only 25 years old, I feel like I've gone through this massive journey from it. From well, well, you have, Mattia, because <laughs> there's been quite a lot of changes for you as well. But what, what I'm really fascinated about is your early days, especially because you moved from Townsville as your home. Is that right? And before that, that Bronson Hill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness. And, and so you've had quite a, quite a number of changes. And then you moved to Japan for a few years, which is amazing. And I know you speak Japanese. And so you've got that lovely language ability as well. But during your time in Japan, I'm, I'm so fascinated because I'm half Chinese. I'm from Hong Kong. So I've got that Asian culture as well. And the Japanese culture and Korean culture, it, I always find, you know, the Asian culture is really interesting. I'd just like to find out a little bit more about your time in Japan. How how did you find that? Well, it was really, um, I guess I, I was kind of prepared for the cultural shock because mm -hmm. I'd studied the language for a few years. I'd actually visited Japan before I lived there, yeah. so I kind and of knew what fluent, I was getting. At. And you're fluent in the language too. I, I like to say proficient because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not using it as often now as I was back then, but definitely can uphold conversations and help out with, with business and that kind of stuff. I actually volunteer my language skills to a not-for-profit here in Sydney just to try yeah. and keep them sharp enough that I don't lose that ability. Um, but in Japan, I, I realised what was important to me. I realised that home, my, my husband, my, my son, what was going to be best for them was ultimately what was going to be best for me. And I realised that there was freedom in realising that, like freedom in going, actually, I really do just want a home that I can create with my husband and my son uh, and be able to understand what it is that I can do from there. Because moving them to Japan and working in Japan would have been changing, like my husband doesn't speak Japanese and my son speaks a little bit, which is really mm. cute. <laughs> but I just, I had to think about, about what was going to be best, not just for myself, but for them. And as I got to, got to immerse myself in the culture, I realized if, it's different when you're a foreigner. You're always seen as an outsider. And I don't say this in a negative way. Like I, I love the Japanese culture. I just think that the working culture is quite collective. And in Australia, we're, we're very used to being individuals. 
you know, recognised for our individual abilities and our individual traits. Where in Japan, there is a set of standard of behaviours, a set of standard of, of ways to do things. And it's, and it's hard because when, you, when you're in Japan and, and you're, you're a foreigner, it's like even though those standards are there, you can, they don't really associate with you very well. And it's like there's a, there's, a, there's a barrier there where it's hard for them to treat you as one of them. You know, so uh, they have their, um, their drinking parties, like their nomikais and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and quite a few of my friends are still working in Japan now. And they've realized it as well. It's just hard to feel like you belong. And I, and I think I picked up on that as well. I, I love the people. But I found working there that I just couldn't, I couldn't adapt to the working culture. It was. It went against the way that I run. <laughs> I'm a very uh, out of the box person, so yeah. it was fine. It was finding as much as I loved the culture and the people, that the working conditions and and what was expected and the standard of being able to, uh, I guess, assimilate into it was something that I knew that wasn't going to be foreseeable for the future. And that's mm-hmm. when I decided to to, to pivot again. Yeah. Actually, it's it's every every culture that you go to, there's always something that's different and some things are right for some people, some things are right for another. I'm just fascinated by Japan because my best friend spent five years there and she went there as an ice skater. And um, then she met her husband there as well. And he, he was Australian, but he learned how to speak Japanese fluently as you do as well. But they had such an amazing time and they were in Kyoto and uh, absolutely loved it. But um, different different ways of working sometimes fits with some people, sometimes fits with others. Mm-hmm. And so you made the decision. Best thing for your family was return to Australia. And so now fast forward many years and you've got to the stage now where you've transitioned into entrepreneurship. Yes. And what's the most exciting thing about entrepreneurship, Mattia? I'm just constantly meeting so many just amazing people. I'm, I'm doing something different every day. And, you know, that was kind of the thing that I, I, I struggled with in my previous roles was the monotony of every day. You're just going through the paces. And entrepreneurship, while it can sometimes be really stressful because you don't have that safety and security, and especially when you're in the startup phase, you know, you've just started, like I've only been running my business since March this year. Uh, actually, not even then, I think four months officially because I freelanced for a while. I decided to go freelance and test out my abilities and see what I could do before I got the confidence. Like, you know what? I'm going to put a name to this. I'm going to own it. And I'm going to build. So the paradigm effect, my business is I'm building and I'm going to get a beautiful building. Name. I love the name because it's just, it's very, very catchy as well. But you know what? Transitioning into entrepreneurship, it's quite a scary time because it's a really, it's a big deal. This is your business. You're investing time, money, effort uh you've got to market you've got to sell you've got to develop your clients you've got to develop the relationships as well and it is a very exciting time because there's a lot of momentum that is that is building up as well and so what would you say is your favorite part of owning your own business it's having control over my days and being able to like with the being a parent a lot of the time when I was working in my financial role, I never had time to go to my son's, um, you know, his assemblies or when he went had a board presentations or theme days and stuff like that. I even missed Mother's Day event that they had the year before. And I had that guilt I carried for so long. And I had zero flexibility um, in, in my previous role. And I just, the thing that I love about entrepreneurship is 
that you can work as hard or as little as you want, which is sometimes a double-edged sword, of course. But if I want to work really hard from the hours of 7 p.m. to one o'clock in the morning, I can, you know, and then I can, I can have a bit more time in the morning with my son to get him ready for school and to drop him off to go to his assembly. You know, I can choose my working hours and it's, it's having that ability of choice that has really uh, been the turning point for me in entrepreneurship and really maybe want to keep going. And I know that it takes time, but in that time I've accomplished things that if you'd asked me five years ago, do you ever think you would do this? I would have probably laughed and said, I don't know. I pro- Probably not. <laughs> so it, it's understanding that looking back and reflecting that the journey of entrepreneurship, we're always facing forward. But sometimes it's a really a good idea to just stop and think, where was I even just 12 months ago? And where am I now? And that, that To appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To really appreciate that. Because I know certainly the flexibility and the freedom that you get once you're established and, you know, you get, so you, I'm, I'm sure you will very, very soon because this is such an exciting time for you as well. But like over the past 18 years that I've been coaching, it took a long time to get established. And you get to this stage where you just feel like, ah, wonderful. On this day, I might go and play golf so I don't take any client meetings. <laughs> and it is, and, and especially when you've got a family, it's so important to be able to spend that time with them. It sounds to me that you are very values driven. And, you know, family really is a, a top priority for you, which is so beautiful. And you know what? Where would we be without our families as well? And, and I think it, it's just such a beautiful thing that, you know, you're a young mum, you're working, you're building your business, you've got so much determination and drive. And, you know, I really, I I just wish you all the best with this. But also, because you've got such a great name for your business, how did you come up with your name? Oh, so I I have an arts degree and I took this subject called Time, Truth and Human Condition in my first year of university. And I learned about paradigms and how it's like the perception we have of the world. Mm. And like when Einstein come along, he caused a paradigm shift because the truth in what we saw in how the world worked Mm. Um, shifted you know and I was just fascinated by that idea and then I saw the word pop up every now and again paradigm it's a really strong name and um so I was thinking about um when I when I started my business and I was doing coaching on personal branding because what bring me the like brought me the opportunities that I have now was building a personal brand I didn't realize it at the very beginning but once I understood what a personal brand was I was like oh my gosh (laughs) This is something that can give people so much uh, leverage. Essential, because without a personal brand, really people won't know who you are, what you represent. And especially if you don't understand yourself and your values and your drivers and your motivators, it's impossible to actually project that authentic brand as well, because authenticity is so important, isn't it? Well, what really shifted for me was understanding that I am not my labels, mm. understanding what my values were. And there's this framework that I came across in John Townsend's book, um, Beyond Leadership, when I was also at university. And then this paradigm word that I really loved. And I was actually in the car, I was coming back from a trip that I'd gone to visit my, my, my grandparents. And I was brainstorming in the car and I was like, what kind of name should I have for my business? And I thought, well, what am I truly doing? What am I accomplishing? What is the value that I'm putting out there? And I'm like, I'm causing a shift. And then I thought, oh, it's like a paradigm shift. I was like, 
wait a minute. That's it. <laughs> and then I thought, well, it's not quite a shift. It's an effect because everybody already knows what a paradigm shift is or people are more, like, more than likely to know what that is. That's a verb. I'm like, I need a name for a business. And I thought, what I'm doing is one step further than that. It's the effect realized from having a shift, but taking it instead of just the perception that people have of the world, but taking it to that individual level and that perception of, that they have of themselves because your perception of yourself is your brand. It is what you're putting out there. It's your values, it's your attitudes, it's your beliefs, it's your expectations. All of that together is what creates the paradigm effect. Mm. You know, so be realizing that I am not these labels. I'm not just a teen mum. I am not just a young like, woman. Like sometimes people look at you and say, well, you're a young mid-20s. What would you know? You know, it's understanding that I am not like these limiting beliefs need to be taken away <laughs> this is the problem this is the problem too many people have self-limiting beliefs and they take on what others say and it could be a label from a parent or an uncle or an aunt or other individuals but it's not what other people say it's exactly it's what's inside of your heart and your talent your motivations everything that's important to you that you can project to the world as well and not be affected by any negativity or even that self-limiting belief that so often sits on our shoulders yeah. actually you know what when it comes to entrepreneurship just about every entrepreneur has that what they call imposter syndrome so oh, yeah. you go up you go down you go up you go down there are times when you think yeah i'm on top of the world and i can do it then other times you think oh okay is this really little old me doing this and, um, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing when everything falls into place and you get fabulous feedback from your clients. The feedback is what really makes our heart sing, isn't it? Now, Tia, I'd like to find out if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my main social media. So it's just Matia Squire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Jane should have the spelling on there. Um, and um, <laughs> It's easy to spell. I'll okay. have this in all my show notes on janejacksoncoach.com. You'll be able to find her. Oh, excellent. So let's look for Matia Squire. Yes, um, LinkedIn and I have a website, theparadigmeffect.com.au, and I have a Twitter, the Paradigm AU, if you want to check those out. Fantastic. So I'll make sure that we, we follow each other, uh, Tia, and then I'll be <laughs> tweeting about this and also sharing on LinkedIn as well. It's so lovely to talk to you. And thank you so much because it's late in the evening on a Tuesday evening and I appreciate your time. And it's such a delight because, you know, you've got so much to give and so much heart and I think it's just a lovely thing so I'm very fortunate to know you and thank you so much for your time today Mattia. Thank you Jane. <laughs> Talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.